0: And if there's anybody that I know of, player, coach, teacher, student, or anybody that I've ever talked to about hitting, he knows, he knows more about my principles that I believe in hitting than anyone
1: I've ever been with.
0: Thanks, Ted. Thanks for believing in me. I'm Steve Feroli. You are listening to the Ted Williams League Baseball Podcast. Hi, I'm Steve Ferrule, and y'all listening to the Ted Williams League podcast. I'm sitting here with Matt Marini and Dylan McDonald. How you doing, boys? I'm doing great, Coach. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Doing good, Coach. Yeah, you survived the blizzard yes we did yeah speaking <laughs> of the blizzard <laughs> we uh we kind of got behind here a little bit um we had some technical problems which is why you haven't heard from us uh for a while and uh with our microphone and we were able to square those away and then we got you know the the white out blizzard you know <laughs> and that uh that put us a little bit behind as well but we're back and we're going to talk about a bunch of exciting things tonight but nothing more important <coughs> And a shout-out <laughs> to Ryan McDonald, who has made his college team in New London, Connecticut. Connecticut. Oh, I'm sorry, New London, New Hampshire. Yep. Yep, uh, Colby Sawyer. That's it, and Ryan is uh, now a left-handed pitcher on the staff. We're all very proud of him here. You know, I'm surprised that they didn't take him as a base stealer, Yeah. but um, he did make it as a pitcher, so that's okay, too. And, uh, but, yeah, we're very proud of Ryan here. You know, a big that-a-boy to Ryan.
2: At-a-boy. <laughs> At-a-boy, kid.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Dylan's here with a, with, a, with a pipe sitting by a fireplace in a rocking chair. <laughs> um,
2: I will have to say I'm proud of him, though. It's a big accomplishment to play yeah. college baseball, and um, he really worked hard for it.
0: Yeah, and, so, you know, he's
2: a lefty, so you got to give him credit for that one,
0: too. Yeah, I mean, lefties, you know, because they don't think correctly. That's the problem. That Their minds kind of go backwards. Do you yeah. actually like him, Dylan?
2: <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is a brother question. I had two of them, so I can do that. Um, yeah. Uh, so, tonight what we're going to do is we are going to go over a bunch of things in regard to... Uh, the different types of leagues that are out there in different categories uh, of um, subject matter and how the different leagues, um, what's required in some of the different leagues. And we thought this would be very helpful to our parents. Before we do this, though, we have this standard disclaimer. um, And we want to say that a lot of times it's very easy to think that the Ted Williams League is criticizing the volunteers and the coaches and the umpires in these other leagues, and that's really not our intention at all. What we are trying to do is to impress them with certain format changes so that they can have a better baseball experience. And we'd like to remind everybody that this can be best understood by watching a very detailed presentation entitled Saving Youth Baseball, which can be seen on our video I'm um, sorry, a YouTube video channel uh, under Ted Williams slash Steve Furley Baseball. If you click on Saving Youth Baseball, you can watch all these clips in chronologic, chronological order and understand exactly the detail of what we're talking about here. It is a book's worth of information, and um, we try to touch on it pretty much in every podcast to some degree or another. We'd like to Before we get to any of this, I want to remind everybody that Ted Williams League registration is open for ages 5 to adult. We have some A players that are already signing up, guys. You're probably not aware of that. We didn't talk about that in the meeting. And uh, you can register online at tedwilliamsleague.com. So, um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was the pricing of these various leagues. And we're just going to go kind of around the room. Like travel ball um i'm gonna leave that you guys would know more about that i know that some of the programs are fifteen hundred to four thousand dollars uh town baseball off the top of my head anywhere from i don't know 150 to 200 dollars. ted williams league similar depending on your age what do you guys think about that
1: um well yeah i mean i know this is something you know a lot about dylan when it comes to the travel teams they um tend to fluctuate their already enormous price depending on how valuable the player is to the program. I mean, I'm sure you know. Yeah, I that. know
2: what you're saying. and um, Well, it is very expensive, so you're looking at the prices anywhere from 1500 to $4,000, um, which some families, you know, have trouble affording that, of course, and that's not including all the money that is being paid towards the travel expenses, and you know, Outside of that $3,000, uh, you're still paying to travel to whether it's, whether if it's a different state outside of Massachusetts or wherever you're traveling to, you still got to pay for the hotel, you know, you got to pay for the entertainment aspect of it too. And that, that's a lot for a family to, to be able to afford. But what I've also witnessed from Travel Ball is that it's a little political in that sense. And what I've like witnessed is different players are charged different prices like for example if a coach really takes a liking into one player whereas if he just met another player the player he just met is going to be paying full price and there's a chance that the coach can also make deals with the the player that he knows better and make him not pay as much money to play in that team
0: so would it be safe to say just so that i understand this correctly that maybe some of the pricing is pricing to win, if you know what I mean. We're gonna we're gonna let this catcher play for high price because we need a good catcher. That sort of thing. Right.
2: It, it's that yeah. type of thing.
0: Yeah. And that's interesting, you know. And it, that's what I
2: think a lot of these parents have to watch out for, you know, if they're signing their kid up for travel ball.
0: Yeah. No. I I think those are really good points. Um, and you guys would agree on the pricing that I said? You know, Town Ball and TWL pretty much similar.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd say so.
0: Yeah, so let's let's just jump over a little bit to uniforms. And uh, you know, here's what I've seen. Um, I I think that the Travel Ball uh, does a really good job with uniforms. You know, they they have these um fantastic uniforms with the names on the back and. Um, You know, I almost consider them like high school, college-level uniforms uh, for, you know, nine-year-olds. And um, that's something that, I'll be honest with you, I just don't believe in. I'm very much with Little League and Babe Ruth on this issue that we'll give them a decent uniform. I think that sort of uniform is something uh, that you need to earn uh, later on in your playing. I could see it in high school. I was very proud to wear my Hanover High School uniform years ago. And it was a really nice uniform, a very well-made, In my college uniform, same thing. I just think it's one of the things that you earn. And uh, so I, I'm not really big on giving things away early in one's career. That's just my own personal opinion. You can say right or wrong, but uh, maybe I'm old school in that way, but that's how I feel. And I think that the town and the TWL are very, very much the same in the levels of uniforms, you know. Um, What do you guys think?
2: I think you have some great points, Coach. Um, The Ted Williams League, I think we have a little bit more of that aspect, whereas you have to earn the sort of jersey you wear. Um, You know, like you said, you don't really believe in it, but when we expose your child to the Ted Williams League and the league that he's playing in, um, we sort of teach that kid the mentality of we, we basically make boys into better men. Coach, I think you could touch a little bit more on that.
0: Yeah, well, I, well, I mean, I think I, p- to put it in a nutshell, I think that everything in life needs to be earned. You know, I I, I don't think that uh, anything really is ever for free. Even when you're a child. I mean, I don't mean that um, you know that, that your boy has to go out, you know, uh, get a job so he can have underwear or something. You know, I mean, I just think that. Um, That we want to introduce children to the fact that you have to earn your way in this world. And I I know Ted was very much like that, and I am very much like that. And I don't want to give things, you know, make it, you know, pat them on the back, tell them they're, you know, make them feel like a major league player when they can't throw the ball from here to there. They can't catch a ball to save their mother's life. Well, that's just stupid, you know? Um, to me, it's a lie. It's it's a lie is kind of what it is. Anyway, uh, anybody else want to tune in?
1: Yeah, I mean, when we go back to the uh, Travel Ball uh, jerseys and how nice they are, besides the point of uh, giving it to such young kids, uh, being potentially bad for them, it also factors into the cost that we just talked about earlier of you yeah. yeah. and Travel Ball being so high because... Of Simple stuff like a, a nice uniform and and custom like uh, baseball bags and catcher's gear and, and all the stuff
0: Yeah, yeah that you know that whole you know in
1: and,
0: <laughs> and maybe this is a place when we're not maybe as good as we should be but that whole thing You know if it looks good it is good. Well, you know uh, Anyone that's had a new car that didn't start or had some issues can tell you that's not always the case um I've always, I remember when I talked to Ted about this years ago when it was still in its design. I said, I don't care if we're small, I just want to get it right. And uh, he thought that was fantastic. And this is one of those things where we always knew we could circle back and maybe someday put names on the back of uniforms at a certain age. And that's easy as far as I'm concerned. What isn't easy is making sure that you have the game skill properly. That's just damn hard work. But anyway, continuing on, we're going to jump over to uh, the literally the travel of it. And I got a couple of stories. I, You know, I had a, a mom that was an 11-year-old boy who was a really good player in my programs here years ago. And they also were in a travel team. And she said to me one day, "So, well, we're on our way to Connecticut for a tournament. And I said to me, she says, yeah, we've got to get a hotel. He's got three games on Saturday and three games on Sunday. And I'm saying to myself... This is crazy. And you know, I don't I I didn't even ask the cost. I might have said it and she said you don't even wanna know. Um, she did me the favor of not telling me. But um and and like Dylan was saying earlier, this isn't we're talking about the cost of the program, not the cost of the hotel to stay there while your kid may play or may not play. And there's another thing, you know, so um so the travelling can be throughout New England or, or even further, depending on the enthusiasm or foolishness of the program's um, imagination. I personally see it as foolish. I would not be like, I at 11 years old or 12 years old, even 14, 15 years old, would not be happy about driving two or three hours or six hours to play baseball all weekend. It'd be one thing if we were going to the Hall of Fame or something like that. I can understand that. Because it's a you know like a one in a lifetime idea, um, but to travel in a tournament, uh, I just don't I don't see it. But that's something that again that I want some of these parents to be aware of that uh, you're going to sign up a travel ball. Make sure you got new tires, you know, <laughs> on your car. What do you guys think?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, my only like big travel experience in travel ball was going. Uh, about two hours north to New Hampshire to play a doubleheader uh, scrimmage that didn't even count for our record, and we lost both games by like 10 runs, and it was a complete waste of time. Yeah, well,
0: that stuff happens, you know. And uh, But to me, it's, it, you know, I mean, when you get into the losing the games and the in the score of the games, that's one thing. But just the drive alone, I, how old were you, Matt, at the time?
1: I think I was 13 years old.
0: Ah, yeah, I mean it's yeah. And would you agree that that was kind of boring in a way?
1: Yeah, I mean I hate long drives. So yeah, it's awful.
0: Yeah, no, I hate you. You know, it's one thing when you get to drive the car. It's nothing when you're in the back seat.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the tournaments too, um, especially at a younger age. I feel like it's it's just not right. It's just too many too many baseball games because the way it works is okay. You'll play three games on Saturday. And then you might even play three games on Sunday as well. They basically try and cram in as many games as they can into one weekend. And I think that's too much baseball, especially at the younger age where they're they're already using the the wrong improper baseball in the improper dimensions. I think it's it has it, it's a lot on their arms and I think it's just an inconvenience altogether.
0: You know something, Coach, that's a really good point you made because I never really thought about that, the fact that that if you go back to all our formatting problems of the bases, you know, and the, the, the bats and the baseballs and, and, and the plate, and uh, all the things we've been talking about in the presentation and in this podcast, you know, for uh, several months now, I never really considered the fact that you're squishing that in. You're, you're, you're forcing all this over the course of a weekend into four to six games. And that's, that's definitely going to have uh, take its toll on any player. Never really thought of it that way.
2: I remember when I played um, travel ball in high school, I was, in, I was 16. I remember we had a season that started in May. We played in the weekend. We played around the, the area. And, like, I loved those games. I loved competing. Um, I loved playing towards the playoffs, which, unfortunately, my team ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs. But then following that, as we went into the summer, I had tournaments as well. And I just really, the tournaments were tough because I remember I missed two of the tournaments because I remember I had a tournament in New Hampshire all the way up in North Conway, which is like a four hour drive. And then I had another tournament that was supposed to be on Long Island, but I didn't get to go because it was my family's vacation week and my parents wouldn't drive me to the tournaments because they didn't want it to take away from our family vacation time. And I think that's just, it's, it's just an inconvenience in, in ways it can't it's not fair to the player as well. Well,
0: you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought that up, uh, uh, Dylan, because one of my fondest memories as a kid playing Little League Baseball, you know, um, was, uh, you know, I used to ride my bike to the games. Um, I was in Boston. I'd ride my bike. I'd play the game. I'd ride my bike home. And my mother would have like supper usually waiting on the stove for me because I'd get in and say 8, 8.30 or something. And baseball was something more that I did. It, you know, It wasn't a family thing. And, and I think, I don't know, maybe again I'm old school or whatever, but this is also during the years too where it wasn't on, unlike my older brother to design pickup games like four days, five days a week in the summer pickup games in the morning and then play at night on an all-star team or something and i think that everything has become um family or organized uh if it's not under an organization it can't be done and um or just or you know overkill of all that you know we're gonna go to this tournament and your whole family's gonna come and i i that's not what I had as a kid, and I don't think I would have wanted that. I I was very happy riding my bike to the games, coming home and telling my mother how lousy I did, <laughs> or good, or whatever it was, you know, or whatever story I fabricated.
1: <laughs>
0: well, anyway, let's jump over to bats, and this is one of my favorite. This is something that um, we also got behind a little bit, but in the presentation we've done two clips on the baseball bat of youth baseball and there's another clip coming out on that soon but this is more about the type of bats and the cost of bats travel ball bats you're talking you know um u triple s a and then you have the usa bats and these the cost of them is anywhere from you know like a uh, hundred dollars to five hundred and fifty dollars for the bats and uh, we didn't already talk about this, did we? No. No, no, okay. Um, oh, yeah, we're talking about the regular price of the program. But, yeah, so, you know, anywhere from $100 to $550 for a, for a travel ball bat. And these are made out of, you know, aluminum, titanium, alloys, you know, uh, concoctions. I call them space shuttle bats. Now, the same thing is true with town ball, although in general... The town ball bats would be a little bit less, so I'd say they're more like, um, you know, uh, on the $300 down range, where the travel ball bats are can go even higher. You can get cheap bats in, in both in travel ball and town ball. You can get a $100 bat, um, but they go up to you know $550. But on an average, I'd say they're a little less. In the USA bat, which is more what you're going to run into in town ball, being little league or Babe Ruth or Dixie Youth or something like that. In the Ted Williams league, the bats are not necessary at all. We play with wood, and we lave the bats in house, so we have the bats. We um, you can certainly bring a wooden bat if you'd like to, but it is not necessary. So that's one of the things that we're very um, that i'm very proud of and there's reasons why we play with wooden bats and we're not going to get into that here but that's something you might want to watch the presentation for but that'll just give you an idea of the cost of the bats um you guys got anything to say about that
1: oh yeah i mean it just it's another separate cost that comes with travel ball to just uh run up the family bill uh every time you sign up for something like this
0: I remember one year, I want to say it was 2018. People were coming into my program and saying, Can you use this bat? Can you use this bat? They were all like fired up at bats because about bats because what had happened was Babe Ruth and Little League, or they had changed the requirements and forced the parents to buy new bats to play in the league. And these bats were like, like I said, you know, $200, $300. Parents were pissed. And I, I'm just looking at them saying you guys are out of your mind. I mean, I, I, I'm i saying I wouldn't use those bats at all. I think they're terrible. I don't care, you know, I wouldn't pay $10 for one. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not gonna get into why. You'd have to watch the presentation for that. But to me, they're an illusion is what they are. They're not helping your kid at all. They're make-believe crap is what they are to me after the research I've done on it over the years and recently. Dylan, you got anything?
2: Um, I think you have some great points. Um, What I'd like to point out is that, you know, these leagues such as AAU, Town Ball, um, they have all these, like, these really nice jerseys, and it's basically travel ball, for example. You know, they travel to these tournaments, and they have these nice jerseys. Um, But I think that's what makes the Ted Williams League different is that we have wood bats, and that's our way of, like, giving our um, players, like, a little bit of professionalism. You know, that's what these these kids are really into, is they they sort of learn professionalism over time, and they really, like, that's how they learn the game, basically. And that's what makes us different, is that's how we, we give them, like, the wood bats and these other leagues. They give, like, really nice jerseys.
0: Well, you know, that's interesting, because the wood bats fall into uh, a better learning system. And I I won't go into that here, but what I'm saying is the wooden bat is a better piece of equipment for many, many reasons. And I know a bunch of the baseball guys out there saying, oh yeah, because of the sweet spot and things like this. And that's kind of true, but there's a lot more to it than that. And, um, uh, you know, I think that giving the boys the right equipment to learn the game is extremely important you know imagine trying to learn to cook with the wrong pots and pans or stove or trying to build a uh, a shed with the wrong tools or you need the right tools to learn or to accomplish the task and i think that what you have in a lot of the other leagues or especially travel ball is what i call fluff that's what i see it as and uh, we're all about trying to get the the all the right dimensions and right equipment along with the correct learning curriculum is what the Ted Williams League represents. So let's jump over to, we just talked about BATS coaching. Now this is interesting because we are upping our certification. Um, we're working on that now. We have... Certifications. As a matter of fact, when I filled out my insurance papers this year for the Ted Williams League and for the camp and all, they said, you know, um, what kind of certification do you have? And I said, in-house. <laughs> and I was very proud of that, meaning that we, you know, we certify our coaching right here. I don't need anyone after 35, 38 years, whatever it's been. It's been so long I can't remember. And that's only the programs that I owned, That I'm not even talking about the ones that I worked on, worked in before the ones I owned, like the old Ted Williams camp in Lakeville. I don't need someone to certify my coaching and our programs, we'll do it right here. And we're upgrading all that, we had a great certification, I remember uh, a buddy of mine, Rob Dana scored a, I want to say a 98 or a 99 on a, a 5 page test. And boy, he really did a great job with it in our A division. He he, really was a great baseball coach. He really knew what he was doing. I said to him, I said, you should think about coaching high school. And uh, he he didn't want anything to do with it. But it was, it was just a fun thing to watch. And he was certified by Ted Williams League Rule and Ted Williams League Certification. So that's something we do in-house. We do that for our coaching and for our umpiring. Our umpiring isn't as aggressive as that coaching certification because, quite frankly, when you instill Ted Williams' league rule, the umpire isn't as important as he is in the other leagues because the the players tend to get themselves out easier, if you will. That would be the way I would explain it. There's more to it than that, but that would be the way to say it, to make it. You know, like, for example, rather than a bunch of strikeouts, the boy will put the ball in play and someone will catch it and he'll be out one pitch out that sort of stuff as opposed to you know you know three two pitch you know ball outside walk and everybody's like oh blue that was there you know shut up you know we don't have that we don't have uh, we have some of that but we don't have a lot of that at all that's reduced to a surprising amount you guys got anything else to throw in there i'm good yeah, because you guys are going through the certification. These guys are going to be doing all this. That's funny. <laughs> um, Dylan, no?
2: No, I think you have some great points.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, so how the teams are assembled. Um, I'm just going to throw a couple of things out. Again, this is for the benefit of our parents more than anybody else. or so parents thinking about joining the Ted Williams League, we kind of want you to or you're involved in another league and you say, hey, listen to these guys. These guys make some sense. Why can't we incorporate this here? Well, you can. You can. You know? I mean, I by saying a podcast, the greatest day of my life would be for Little League Baseball call me up and say, hey, we want to play by Ted Williams' league rule. I'll say, boy," Because <laughs> that would be a great day in sport because now you'd have millions of children in the scale in 90 countries. That would be something to see. But they're not calling because, you know, everybody gets stuck in their own thing and they can't get out of it, you know. But um, how teams are assembled. So let's say you're a travel ball. Well, I guess there's a tryout. And, of course, the coach is going to pick the team based on trying to win or whether they have, an, a, they, you know, or at least money to pay for all the stuff they've committed to, like an indoor place or fields and umpires and baseballs and equipment. So, they're going to be governed uh, by the nature of their business plan. So, you know, that's how the team's going to be picked. And if they have the leeway to say, hey, we're going to let this left-handed pitcher play for nothing because um, we need him, then that's their business. And I, you know, but if if then the, the second right fielder's parents find out about that, they might not be quite impressed with that mentality. But that definitely goes down. You get some wheeling and dealing going on. So there's probably a tryout and then some wheeling and dealing. Or, you know, if it's a new team, they'd take anybody. You know, they never played baseball before and you're on this travel team. And that's kind of funny, too, because the travel team mentality used to be like this super all star idea. And that just turned into basic business bullshit. You know, Oop, can I say that? Of course I can. I'm the Ted Williams League commissioner. I can say that. We'll edit it out later if I feel like it. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I mean, that's, to be honest with you, that's what happens. Um, and, you know, a town ball, I think they do a pretty good job or try to. Uh, you know, they they probably have like a tryout and then some sort of a draft. But I think what ends up happening there is, you got some politics, you know, maybe the guys that are on the board or the guys that have a little bit more power or do a little bit more work or the guy that, you know, makes sure the field's in good shape. He's all, you know, let me give me this kid because he's my, my kid's friend and we're going to get this kid down the street because he needs a ride. And before you know it, they're creating this all-star team before the season even starts. you get got a lot of that going on. In the Ted Williams League, by league rule, the teams are balanced by league rule and they're balanced by the director of the division. And it may have what we call a nucleus or a draft, but we're very dedicated to team balance. Now, in our upper divisions, we have loosened up on that a little bit because our adult divisions um, wanted that. So we have a nucleus rule with a draft on top of it. But in general, if you are 15 years or younger in the Ted Williams League, the Division Director is going to balance those teams, and you wouldn 't bet ten dollars as to who is going to win that 's how tight it is, and we do it by a number system that of of an evaluation that's very, very advanced so anyway, guys, what do you think you know you what what, what have you seen
1: yeah well, I mean, I think a point that I was just thinking about is uh, you can kind of tie that what we just talked about. Uh, in terms of assembling teams right back into um, what Dylan and, and I were talking about with uh, players uh, joining travel teams for less money and the politics associated with that. I mean, I feel like just the travel ball way of assembling teams is uh, a lot more flawed than
2: Little League and, and even more so flawed than how it's done in the Ted Williams League. In my opinion, um, I just think you have that political aspect in both travel ball and town ball. And the thing about travel ball, and we go back to what I was talking about earlier, that the way these teams are assembled, like they have the uh, the tryouts um, that you also have to pay money to, for each tryout. You know, you have two or three tryouts. So you'd be paying upwards to $75 per tryout. And then what also happens that I've, I've witnessed that later on in the season, when you have those tournaments towards the end of the season, that's when the team starts to hurt for players. And what I've witnessed happen is that um, that out of the blue, we just my team just picked up another player so we could pitch for us in that tournament game. Because we've had so many tournaments that now it's the summertime and people are going away and they have stuff going on that we need to go reach out to someone who's never even been to our facility before to come pitch a game for us over in Taunton or. Wherever our game was
0: at. Yeah, it, it it you know, I think they have they have a, a good intentions and a decent idea in the beginning of it, and then they find out that really what they're doing and how what was the age you're talking about, Dylan, just for kicks?
2: Um, I believe I was seventeen and I was playing on an eighteen-year-old team.
0: Okay, so let's say eighteen and under. Uh, I got news for you, eighteen and under. Not all that dedicated, <laughs> especially in New England. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe other parts of the country might argue with me, and I might know, not know about that, whether you're in Arizona or California. But in general, you know, uh, you've got a 12-year-old, uh, and you're playing all over the place. Um, I don't think you're going to have the attendance that you think you're going to get and I'm not even sure, like we talked about earlier, that's the right thing to do anyway. I had a good friend of mine, Greg Davis, was over here. He is involved with the travel team. And he was telling me how, what well, conversation comes up now and then with the parents. And he just, the boy wants to play baseball all year round. And Greg's saying, well, do they ever think about playing basketball? And uh, I played basketball in high school and in college. And Greg says back, and they said, no, he just wants to play baseball. I said, well, I, and the parents says, well, we just want him to play baseball. And Greg said back to him, and I agree 100%. Well, you don't think that playing basketball may help him with his baseball? And I agree. I definitely agree with that. I, you know, When I think of basketball, I think about finesse. When I th- think of football, I think about discipline. When I think about baseball, I think about all of that. <laughs> And those, I played all those games, and I think they were very helpful to my baseball career. Um, I understand that maybe when you get older, you want to put more time into one sport than another, but as a kid, I don't just think they should be playing other sports. I think they should be, you know, I played some music, I built forts, I rode my bicycle, I climbed trees. I, I was, you know, uh, you know, my own version of Huckleberry Finn. And I think that's a good thing. And I think we've lost some of that today. We, You know, and uh, and anyway, I'm not going to keep going in that direction because we beat all that up in a podcast a while back. You know, I call it the screen age. But, um, yeah, I mean, so the next thing on the list is umpire And we already kind of talked about that, that we certify our own umpires. And that's something that also enables us to keep our costs down. And I will say this, and uh, you know, Say you play in the Ted Williams League in the spring. Well, we have two more seasons. We have the summer and we have the fall. So if you play in the spring and then you play in the summer, the summer fee is less than the spring. You play in the fall, the fall fee is less than the summer, so it keeps decreasing as you play throughout the year. And we also, you know, uh, have thought about, and we've done this before, but we've thought more about it this year, are putting in other programs that have nothing to do with baseball at all, even if they're a one day program. You know, right off the top of my head, a wiffle ball tournament comes to mind, um, or a trip to Spooky World or something like that. I love stuff like that, you know. But on um, the way, I'm figuring it, if you've got to wear masks and all, I don't know how scary it would be. Anyway, we'll wait till COVID dies out. Um, the slaughter rule. Okay, you guys want to weigh in on, on what the slaughter rule is. I'll let you guys take it because I've been um, running amok here. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I don't think there's any uh, like set universal rule, but it's generally uh, if one team has a certain uh, is winning by a certain number of runs by about the midway point of the game, usually, then the game is just over and that team wins. And I believe both leagues have that rule in, in some degree.
2: What I notice happens is that um, there's a bunch of different like slaughter roll type scenarios that happens in both Travel Ball and uh, Little League. Um, in Travel Ball, in those tournaments, you could have two-hour time limits, whereas the game ends after two hours and a winner hasn't been decided, but whatever team has more runs is a winner. So there's that scenario. And then what also seems to happen a lot around here is that the games go on too long, the, sc- the score is like 15 to 10 in the third inning, and they got to call the game due to darkness. That happens a lot. Um, and then other like those two leagues both have, I'm pretty sure, a slaughter rule as well. Whereas if one team goes up by 10 runs, the game is called. What the Ted Williams League has is a little different. We have what's called the speed up rule, and I think it's a very thought out rule. And I actually think it should also be implemented in Major League Baseball as well. But what the speed up rule is is um he's going for it, Matt. He's going for it. <laughs> say in a game that it's the bottom of the it's the bottom of the 4th and a team is up say 10 to 2. Um so the team that has two runs, say it's a 6 inning game, they will have the rest of their at bats in the top of the 5th and the top of the 6th and then if they don't catch up, the game will be over. But they have their at bats, they have they have the top of the 5th and the top of the 6th simultaneously. Um, whereas the team in the field, th- they'll stay in the field for those two innings. And I think that's a great rule.
0: You know, um, that when I come up with that rule years ago, I, I know Ted was, thought it was fantastic because what we liked about it and, and the way I sold it to him, and this is my Bridgewater State background, is when you're on the field in a youth sport, I don't care what sport it is, you're really on there for experience. So if you go back to dylan's scores 10 to 2 well the team that batted that scored 10 runs they maybe batted two or three times the team that scored two runs they might have batted one i don't know maybe once through and once in a third or something through the lineup and so by going to speed up and saying okay the team that's losing now is just going to stay at bat in this time in between, when you get three outs, we clear the bases, and the coach of the team in the field has time to, you know, replace the shortstop or replace the pitcher. It's not like it, it's not like it, uh, it, it has to happen all at once. Like you know, you know, <laughs> how many outs are there? Five, five outs. It's not like that. It's like three outs, and then we stop. We okay, resettle, and we start again. Now we're in the top of the sixth. Okay, we pitch the ball. Um, So there's time to make adjustments and all, but it's a really a fantastic rule because many, many, many times that team with two runs will end up scoring four runs. If you think about this, this is a great time for the coach of the team that's winning to rather than have a slaughter rule. He said, Okay, let's go get Billy. He's never pitched before, but he's looking pretty good. Billy go out and close this game up for us. You got an eight run lead. Billy goes out there and he says, okay, I'm just going to throw it over because who cares? we got an eight-run lead. Great opportunity for the defense as well as the offense. So if you're following along, the offense gets their bats in, the defense gets to experiment. And under Ted Williams' league rule, the coach in a certification knows, okay, we're in speed up. This is a great opportunity for me to try Joey Ketchin or try Alex pitching or give, you know, um, you know um, Frankie a, a couple of innings at shortstop even though he, you know, is, carries a piano on his back, but he wants to try to play there at 12 years old, so let him, stick him there for a couple of innings, let him have some fun or learn a lesson, whichever has to happen. This sort of mentality, well, that's, that's experience, that's, that's coaching. That's intelligent approach to youth sports, if you're following me. And a lot of people are. We've had uh, a lot of compliments to this podcast, so we must be doing something right. It's got a little bit of reach to it. The next thing on the list was politics and volunteers. And we've kind of touched on this a little bit already. I remember saying to Ted, I said, I'm going to eliminate politics from kids' baseball. He said, how the hell are you going to do that? I don't know if he's looking at me. And I said, well, you know, the way I'm going to do it is volunteers do not have any control over the rule book. You know, if you're a volunteer, you can't, you know, uh, and I have this story all the time. One of my daughters was playing, she, you know, obviously I had played an awful lot, and my daughters were into sports, and one of them played baseball, and uh, she could pitch pretty well and she'd get the ball over the plate not a lot of speed but great control and i remember i was involved in her game and she was scheduled maybe third or fourth to pitch and our team was in trouble the person on the mound couldn't throw strikes but my daughter tamra was not scheduled to pitch for another three pitches or so before because by league rule you're in an order a locked order if you're following this so, you know, you know, try that one out in town ball and see how far that one gets you. So this is a locked pitching rotation. You gotta pass a test to get there. And once you get there, it's your turn. Here's the ball. Go do it. We don't care if we win, lose, or draw. We care what you do. Go. Give it a shot. We care about your experience. Not whether some you know, forty year old coach sits back in his chair at night and goes, We won today what did you yeah what well you know that's like the moon to me What? what did you win you didn't win anything have another beer it's ridiculous you know i mean what what the the, all all the boys not just your team but the other team as well what did they gain what did they experience what did they learn that's what winning is best athletes in the world will back that up so anyway, I remember being involved in the game, and I was hoping, oh, I wish Tamara could, could feel that parental magnet draw. Oh, let my kid go in there so I can be proud of my baby, this sort of crap, right? And too bad for me. I, I co-founded the Ted Williams League. There's nothing I could do about it. I knew it, and I just shut my mouth. Too bad. Wow wow wow. And Tamara, when it time come to pitch, she pitched. But there was nothing I could do to change the rules. And this is what I mean by eliminating politics. So if we go back to the, you know, the, the draft, putting the teams together. In Ted Williams League, if somebody comes to me and says, well, can we get this kid, da-da-da, lives down the street, he's a friend of my kids, he doesn't have a ride. Well, maybe, but you're going to have to draft him you know, right now, early. You know, we, 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 we combat that. We, yeah, you can, you can get him on your team. But you're going to have to take him right now, early in the draft, and he might not be the best player. So you're going to lose something to get him. So we, we handle things very fairly. And I don't know if you know a lot about sports, and but if you do, you're following this. And and it's uh, it's not that hard to do. you just got to stick by it. And the people that sign up for it need to know coming in. They need to know. Okay, you're going to help us? You're going to get on board? Here's what we do. Now what you want to do this is what we do as a team as a as a coaching umpiring organization here is our creed this is what we're doing um, if you think you're going to take the equipment bag and call your own shots anywhere you want you are dreaming we don't do that so that's kind of how we go about all that and that might be something guys that I know a little bit more about than you because I've been doing it for years and years and years but it's a fantastic change, and, and we have our, you know, we there are a lot of coconuts that go out there and try to help kids in all sports. We know that, but in general, the people that come out need that. They need that guidance. That's what a principal does in a high school. He guides It's his educational staff. You know, someone's got to be at the top going, this is what we do, and this is what we do not do, and that's, you know, that's what administration is. And And anyway... Um, I'm going to jump to the next one. And uh, we got, well, I got actually format and certification. And we. I'm not going to talk about that because we that's what we've been talking about in every Ted Williams League podcast. But you guys um, have hit on it a little bit. Basically, what we're saying to our parents is that our equipment and dimensions, and again, not to put these other leagues down, but I don't care if it's travel ball, town ball, I don't care what, what game it is. If you are on the smaller field, we believe that we have the correct equipment and dimensions by far, and everyone else is out of scale. And in, in some ways, you're you're in danger. You know, uh, for example, we've been, uh, decreased hit batters by 48 percent. You know, could pretty much say half. We have never had a case of little league elbow. Which infects anywhere from twenty to fifty percent. I'll say thirty-three would be a really good number. And I'll you know there was no closer place than home for me. My mother had three boys. All three of them played baseball. One of them, thirty-three percent, had lily elbow. Two of them did not. So when that study was done years ago, and they said 50, twenty to fifty percent, I said, "What's been between twenty and fifty percent? Right about thirty-three, thirty-five, give or take." And that I it was proven right, in my own home. So I think those are good numbers. Never had a case in the Ted Williams League. Not one case a little elbow. So that's really important. Um, I did want to say too, and maybe you guys can jump in with this because our, our Ted Williams League registration is open. Um, if you are a Ted Williams League player, if you are registered in the Ted Williams League in the spring or the summer, we're extending it to the summer as well. If you've registered. Any of my camping programs, 33% discount on all of that stuff. So if you're in one of my winter classes, you're a Ted Williams League player, you can attend those classes for 33% less, which is a substantial amount, you know. Um, it's about a $70 savings for most of those programs. And, um, you know, I think that was very clever. And, and what do I want? I want the kids in the Ted Williams League because I know what the result of it is. And I'm happy to pay that price or to lose that money for the sake of the league. The league is the, the work of my life, you know. Um, another thing, too, if you're hearing this podcast and you're in California and you're saying, well, hey, can I start a group? Oh, and by the way, you want we're in Hanson, Mass, about 30 miles south of Boston. You want to play in the Chet Williams League? You don't have to be in Hanson. You come from anywhere. We've had kids... Come from Boston and play in the Ted Williams League. Pick them up at the train station and bring them to the game. Train station's about a mile and a half away. We've done that. You can play in the Ted Williams League from any town in between the ages of five to adult. It's just a matter of contacting us, you know, uh, tedwilliamsleague at yahoo.com. Um, another thing is, too, you're in California, like, well, how can I do this out here? Great, fire it up. Uh, With Ted Williams League headquarters, we're more than happy to show you how to go ahead and run a nine-year-old section of Ted Williams League play. And if you're saying, oh, I can only get 20 kids, that's okay. If you listen to our former podcasts on short form, and you can do a great job with it. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I've decided not to run my overnight camp again because I'm still shy on this whole COVID crap, which, you know, I mean, everyone's so sick of it, but, you know, I gotta be safe, better safe than sorry, and I I just can't see an overnight program just yet. I'd like to hear and see better numbers on the television before I engage in something like that again, but let's say you're in California and you fire up short form at 9 or 12 years old out there, and next year you want to come by overnight camp 33% discount as that honors anyone throughout the whole country and there's some opportunities there will guide you through the whole thing it's definitely something you could make some money on and you'd be doing the kids a great service um what do you guys think I just wanted to run that it kind of came to mind and you guys got anything to add into that
1: uh I agree with everything you said yeah I think
0: you know Dylan, anything you want to add? I think we're pretty much there. To tell you the truth,
2: I do, Duke. I do too, Coach. I think you made some great points there.
0: Yeah. Well, boys, um, I'm, I'm it's good to be back at this again. We still got some snow and ice out there, but we're hitting forty degree temperatures for a few days in a row. So maybe some of it might melt away. And uh, yeah, and we'll we'll see you guys in the classes. We got our baseball winter building, for, you know, blasting away, and it was fun to get hitting again and fielding and pitching and all that stuff this week we started up again so hey thanks for listening from Hanson, Massachusetts get,
2: get a, good a good pitch, pitch to hit,
0: hit. I call to spark up all my fun days at the playground or right out in the street baseball may La, 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 la.